Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Code Untapped Tech Talk. I'm Ez. And I'm Jay. And we're going to be discussing everything coding, tech, and startup related. So, welcome to this week's Code Untapped Tech Talk. So, I'm Ez, and we've got my co founder, Jay. How's it going, Jay? Not too bad, Ez. Not too bad. <laughs> So what were we talking about today? I think uh, a really pressing question a lot of founders actually have, which is how do you go about building a tech team for your startup? So I think this is such an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you know, we've built startups, we've built, you're building a startup, I've invested in startups, we've both worked in tech teams and the rest. Mm. So where do you even begin with this? Uh, how about, Jay, you're in the in, at the moment you're building a startup, right? So you brought on, you've built a team, literally at the moment, you're building a team. So from your perspective, what, what do you think you need, you look for when you're trying to do this? I think I look for two, there's two types of, um, there's two things I look for actually. Uh, the first thing I look for is the skill set. So you've got to look at the skills matrix and what you require to build uh, the product or the service that you're trying to deliver. Yeah. Oh. So the first thing I'd look for is, you know, where do they fit in that skills matrix? Is it a gap that I need? Uh, then yes, that's that's a big tick. Bam. And then do they fit with the team dynamic as well? Because actually, especially on the startup side, where the teams are very, very small, you're usually going to be working really, really closely with other team members. Yeah. So you've got to have that... Um, You've got to fit with the team. Uh, you've got to connect with the team on, on a sort of like an emotional level as well. And I think sometimes people forget that because um, you almost don't want the Lone Ranger because everybody, you, everybody knows. <laughs> that 10x developer. They're, they're, you know, the one who's going to transform. You know what? They, <laughs> I think you, I don't know. Those guys are good sometimes. But I mean, for me, yeah. Uh, the thing about when you have a small team, the power of a small team is the, I believe, is the, the communication, that intercommunication, the sharing of ideas, the brainstorming. You know, sometimes myself, when I'm working with uh, my co-founder, my tech co-founder, actually, we sit together and sometimes we code together. You know, we do a lot of peer programming and stuff like that. And if you don't gel with that person and you're spending, you know, eight, nine, ten hours a day with that person, you know, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna affect. Yeah. So definitely that's almost as, as important as the um well, it's equally as important as making sure that you've got complementary skills and that you have the right skills dynamic to to get you to your goal. Yeah. What about you, Ez? Because I know you've you've worked in quite a few teams at Naver yeah. as well when you're building Naver as a startup and also in your, you know, in your investment banking career. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, my time at Lehman, my time at Credit Suisse, I worked in teams, um, tech, technology teams of different sizes, different skill sets, different experience levels. And then I built teams at, um, at Naver and then at ImpactX, I've, I've invested in teams, right? So I've seen all sorts and experienced all sorts. So what, what do I look for? I guess let, let's make the assumption that we need a team, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that, that's point one is do you even need a team or are you mm -hmm. going to offshore your technology, right? So we've made the decision for whatever reason that we need the team. Mm -hmm. I think where it often starts is, well, I need a CTO. Mm -hmm. 
right? That, that, that's that's my, my my starting point. I need a CTO or I need a team lead, um, and then we'll figure it out from there. Or the flip side of that is I just need a bunch of grads just to get some work done. Mm. I need some young kids who'll come in, hit the ground running, and just do stuff. Mm. You know, wave some pixie dust, and all of a sudden off they go. And you know, I've got a new product, and they're going to build a bank for me. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> we've seen it. Right? We've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, a lot depends around what core skill sets you have, mm. um, and how comprehensive is technology to your organization? Is technology an enabler? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, are you just taking off-the-shelf parts, customizing them in, the, in, in order for you to, to get moving? You know, do you just need a website and a Shopify um, mm-hmm. um, site built for you? Mm-hmm. You don't really need a CTO or a tech team no. for that. You just need someone who's technically capable. Mm-hmm. Are you building a simple app? Well, maybe you just need a good technologist. Mm. Are you building a deep learning technology platform? Well, you might want a CTO um, um, for that piece. So I, I really like to start with what is it we are and what is it we need from an output? You know me, I'm all about output, right? Mm. What is the output that we require? And then I tend to start to work backwards from there. I think I do like to go more senior with my first hires. Um, I know not everyone agrees with that, but, you know, whether you can get a lead developer or a potential CTO type individual in place to almost take that pressure off of you and Mm. start driving on certain decisions. I know that's in essence what you've done with some group, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have, well, I started building some group, as you know, as while I was working. So while Mm -hmm. while I was a consultant, I was building some group on the side. And so I built a lot of the like the infrastructure up front before I started looking for a team. Yeah. Well, this is exactly what I did at Neighbor. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. I remember when in Switzerland you used to work in Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I'm just yeah. Like, evening, weekends, <laughs> job at my desk. Laptop on the side, plugged into a different. I don't know how I got away with that. Somehow. Oh, right. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, and so, um, so yeah, so that's really interesting because I'm starting. It's a really good point you've raised there because I'm starting to sort of trans, trying to transition away from the code, just because not because. I feel that, you know, code is beneath me or anything like that. I love to code and I would code all day long. It's just that when you're building a startup, there's just other things that you have to do. Yeah. Mm. You know, you have to go and fundraise, you have to build pitch decks and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, we've got a really, really small team. So um, you just have to, you have to fit in. uh, You have to do the stuff just, just to keep, you know, just to keep the, uh, the wheels moving. So, in saying that, I sort of agree with you in terms of it's better to get one or two really uh, experienced individuals to help you, yeah? Because usually you're going to be... Um, so when you work for the big corps, I find, is that people become um, people become niche, yeah? Yeah, that's really, very true. Yeah, and they become like um, experts in a particular area or particular mm-hmm. technology or particular flow, yeah? yeah, and that's fine because you have the 
you, 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 you have capacity, you have capacity in people. So you can sort of fill the pipeline, you know, the delivery pipeline with all of the different roles that you need to get the, you know, to deliver your products or your service. So, you know, you have all those roles, but when you're in a, when, when you're in a small startup, you need to, one person will be covering multiple roles. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah and hence you need somebody with experience that has probably done most of those roles anyway uh-huh. yeah so they have even if they're not like super you know you know that's not the thing that they particularly are really really good at they've covered it so that they can they've covered it enough to get you off the ground yeah? well you raise an interesting point right because when you when you're starting from the very beginning mm. do you need experts or do you need good enough right yeah it's interesting that's a really i yeah i think you need you need it's just in time because your yeah. delivery is just in time as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you need people that have the enough skills to get you to that next milestone, mm-hmm. which then which then that milestone might release some capital where you can yeah. go and get those real um niche people that can then, you know, meet, you know, the, give you that real USP that you need for your product or right. But that but then it starts to become quite um, cyclical, right? Almost circular in that sense. Because I see this a lot. Founders going, I need a technologist, I need a CTO. And the conversation is often, no, you just need a good lead developer yeah, at definitely. this moment in time who can yeah. build a good enough solution mm. to your current problem, mm. right? No, 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 but surely I need a CTO. You need no. a CTO when you need to build a team, when you need to build a roadmap, when you need someone who can think about strategy for your organization. Mm. The problem is compensation, yeah. right? CTOs. Yeah, because <laughs> CTOs cost money. Yeah. But you might not even have enough money to pay a lead dev. So you need to compensate them with something. Mm. And often, what is that thing they get compensated with? Title. Yeah. And equity. Right. Mm. So they become the CTO by de facto, even though they might not be at CTO level. And Mm. you see this pattern over and over and over again. But here's the question is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't think it is because. you want somebody to, you, you still want somebody to grow into the role as well. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and in a startup, you, you, you might call yourself a CEO, but. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, you're playing at CEO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's your first CEO gig. Yeah. yeah and so exactly. are you even a CEO? So, you know, so going out and saying, right, I need a CTA. I need, you know, I need a, a Robin to my Batman. You know, that is just can be that can just be a nonsense really so you yeah. need what you need is the the people that can get the job done and can deliver you the product mm-hmm. that you need to get you to the next milestone definitely that's what you yeah, need. I agree with that yeah you definitely need that and there I would go for I think so my take on it is this I would use at the beginning when you've got when you know your 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 first employee, I think you need, for me, I would go for an all-rounder, yeah? Yeah. I would go for an all-rounder. And I would go for an all-rounder that complements, if you're a technologist yourself, then go for an all-rounder that complements your skill set, yeah? Mm -hmm. And if you're not technologist, uh, not a technologist, then you really need to get some, 
you really have to actually get some uh, advice actually from somebody who is a technologist and say yeah. and get them to sort of work out a sort of outline what you're trying to build or what you're trying to deliver. Well, this is where the advisory piece starts to come in handy, yeah. right? Yeah. If you can't get or afford a CTO, sometimes it's good just to have an ex-CTO or an existing CTO as an advisor to your organisation mm. to help you grow your next generation of talent that you're going to bring in, mm. even though you don't have that level just yet. But they can help guide you with that decision-making process, right? Yeah. Definitely, definitely, because because um, also, I mean, the role of a CTO really is, like, like you said, is is to um, is to provide governance. Yeah, is to provide like a roadmap and all of those sort of things. But um, it's it's also to choose the right technologies as well. Yeah, 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 and choosing the right technologies for um, the thing that you're trying to deliver is actually a difficult thing because and that requires experience it requires experience because there's you've got a gamut of different technologies out there that do all do the same thing yeah, yeah. how do you choose and how do you choose what 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 is the criteria and really and, and normally the way you end up choosing is that's what i that's what i'm good at all yeah. right. Why didn't why didn't we build neighbor in .NET? Because that's what I was using at the time, <laughs> right? So front <laughs> end was Angular because that's what I was using exactly. at the time. Exactly. Yeah. And we always say as technologies, you know, it's horses for courses. You choose the technology that fits the problem that you're trying to solve. Yeah. But you can only know what technology is if you've been exposed to that technology yourself. Or you're so that's why that's where experience comes in. So if you choose somebody who's got experience and has been been around the block a bit, then they can sort of give you um they can give you an opinion on well, why should why would why would we choose that technology over that technology for our problem? Yeah. And that's what you want to and you wanna and you want somebody that as it in those sorts of I would say in those sort of C-suite roles, you need people that actually think about the problem more than just deliver a solution, yeah? Because yeah. that's I think that's the difference, as I would say, between somebody who's like, say, a CTO or a VPN of engineering. Mm-hmm. A CTO, a, a, you, you'd expect a CTO to look, to think about the strategy, but they would also understand why that you choose a particular technology path and what are the benefits of choosing that particular technology yeah. over another, yeah. yeah. And then looking at it from a long-term perspective, right, is there support in that technology? Who's actually no, providing all of that? Sort of thing. Yeah. I think then it gets quite interesting because, okay, let's say we, we found that great tech lead who may or may not be CTO level yet, but, mm-hmm. you know, a good all-rounder, they've built stuff before, and can get us to good enough. But now we need to expand the team a little bit because there's just too much demand, right? Mm-hmm. And I think often the question is, well, who, what do I hire next? So I hire juniors, do I hire specialists, do I hire front end and back ends? Do I find mm-hmm. do I hire testers? Where do I go? Right. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And this is always a really interesting challenge. And I, I personally think it comes down to again, um, you know, A, what's your budget, right? How much mm-hmm. cash do you actually have? Um, and, you know, what is it that you're trying to achieve mm. with this? Do you need specialists? Or actually, at this stage, it probably makes sense to get a few more generalists yeah. so that everyone can continue to dip in, dip mm. out, and fix the most oppressing problems at this moment in time. Mm. And eventually, you can focus on building a more specialist-focused team that can concentrate on 
you know, front end or event messaging based systems or databases or whatever it might be, right? Because I think at that level, I think you're right, is because I think at that level, especially when you're growing a startup from really small, what you have in a small startup is every person in that start startup is a single man dependency. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and like, 100%. you take any of those guys, yeah, guys or girls out of the, you know, out of the picture and then, you know, development stops. Yeah. No, I think that's a really important yeah. point. So I always like to say you need at least three people for any role, mm. right? Because at any one point, one at any one moment in time, one of those people could be on holiday or sick, exactly. right? So you need that low level of redundancy, but it doesn't mean you necessarily need three CTOs or no. three front-end developers but you need enough people to be able to step in to fill in the gap. Exactly. When that skill set suddenly dropped out of the team for whatever reason. Mm. I, I really like that fact around, you know, that idea around actually the very beginning, you just need a team of generalists who can yeah. jump into whatever exactly. problem you need solving. And, and that's where the team dynamic has to work because what mm. you have in a very small team is you have a lot of cross, cross learning yeah uh-huh. so you ha- you'll have a generalist but you'll have a generalist who's got a bent a bent to the front end and you might yeah. have a generalist who's got a bent to you know cloud infrastructure and or, yeah. or a generalist who's got a event you know bent to you know the server side code yeah and what we're finding is javascript is actually making this easier now it right? is making this easier but it is definitely and that's those sorts of languages i think javascript's one of the only languages where you can use it anywhere yeah so mm-hmm. you know with no js you've got the server side and there's a lot of because the community the javascript community is so big you've got a lot of support there's a lot of libraries and stuff out there and yeah. then you've obviously got the front end with all the web stuff with javascript and then you've got things like you know the different frameworks like react and view and so forth like that as well but then but there are other technologies out there which are trying to do something similar but mm-hmm. yeah again but to be honest you do it is really horses for courses. And when you start, if, and when you start to look at the, this is, this is an interesting thing because when you start to provide um, specialist type features or functionality, you, you, you realize that some of the general purpose languages don't, might not support what you want. Yeah. Uh Especially if you're building stuff for the mobile. Yeah. Yeah. The mobile is an interesting one because there are a lot of cross platform frameworks and stuff like that. But then, there's particular features that may be only imp- may be only implemented in the actual native code, yeah. So mm, native Kotlin, or you know, or native um, Swift. So, so then you you need to think. Well, have you got? Can you dip down into that as well? So it's having those generalists that are open to learning as well. Open yeah. To learning, yeah, I agree. So then, I guess final point around this is: so where do we find people, right? How do you go about finding finding individuals? There are many, many sources. And I've certainly brought people in from, you know, groups such as Coding Black Females, for mm. example. Mm. I've looked at organizations like Makers Academy, where you can hire um, individuals who've gone through code camps as well. Mm. But then I've gone through recruitment agents and you pay 15, 20%, depending on the deal that you get, to hire people in. And actually, my first team at Neighbor was done through recruitment agents, actually. And it was, it was pretty effective. You just got to be prepared to pay for it. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I know you're still really, really early. Have you started thinking about this? Have you got any thoughts about how you're going to look to build your team? 
really, to be honest, um, it's a bit like, for me, I, it's a bit like hiring a builder. <laughs> a I want some sort of reference. Yeah. So I would use my network. Yeah. So, you know, I've got, I've got friends in this space. Um, well, all my, a bit of a geek, all, we are geeks. As, let's, so, so all of our, <laughs> oh, <laughs> our entire network is, it's full of geeks and full of, yeah. So, yeah. So that's what so that's so that's literally what I would do is reach out to the network, reach out, you know, you can do you can do things like go to meetup groups and coding mm-hmm. clubs and all of those sort of things. And then you'll meet like-minded people. And especially if you're not a technologist, yeah, mm-hmm. but you understand what you need to build, yeah. But you're interested in technology and imp- interested in understanding the gap between yeah. the technology itself and the functionality or the features or the domain space, then you know, going to those meetup groups is really, you know, is really important because you'll you 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 you'll meet people that want to do what you would like them to do for you. So it's almost like a match there, you know. Brilliant. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So look, some really good snippets there from you know leadership, CTO, lead dev to experience levels, um, to team construction, uh, to where would you source them from? So I think. Um, some real good food for thought, food for thought in that in that session. So, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, that's for me. That's enough for me this week. Jay, any final words from you? Only to carry on coding, guys. All right. Well, good luck, and let's let's uh, check in with you next time. All right. Okay. Take care. Take care.